Coming up on the talk show, my conversation with Johnny Lazarus, co-host of the Locker Room Podcast. It's a podcast highlighting influential Jews in sports and otherwise. It's a great podcast. Go check that out. On this episode, we talked about Jews, sports such as hockey, the Knicks, Rangers, all that. Really fun conversation. We had a really good time recording this. I hope you enjoy listening to it. If you're here for football, I'm going to have a full football NFL episode later this week. I'm going to be recapping the divisional round and previewing the AFC and NFC championship games. I think we got the four best remaining teams left. That should be really fun. All that later this week. Until then, coming up, great episode. Me, Laz, coming up now. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. In this episode, I'm actually wearing my Rangers jersey again, a different one. I love those Rangers jerseys. Where do I get them? I get them at Fanatics. Fanatics is the best place to get all official licensed sports gear, shirts, caps, t-shirts, sweatshirts, all that stuff. You guys already know. You've heard me say it a thousand times. That's all I wear. And I get it all at Fanatics. Fanatics is licensed for all the major sports, all the teams, all the players. That's the best place to get it. If you want 25% off your next order, you know what to do. Go to podgo.co slash fanatics, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash fanatics. Check it out today. Joining the talk show now, Johnny Lazarus, co-host of The Locker Room. Johnny, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rami. Appreciate it. Absolutely my pleasure. So you guys have something very interesting. I discovered you guys a little while ago and started just basically binging everything. The Locker Room, first of all, the name alone is the perfect name for a podcast. How did it get started, all that? I want to get into that. But first, before we do any of that, we got to talk Knicks. They won again today. The Garden would be popping right now, right? What do you think of this Knicks team? No, yeah. I mean, I, I know you uh, You saw what we posted on our page today about exactly uh, getting getting circumcised again to go to go to the Garden to watch the Knicks game. And I actually posted that with like, uh, I think, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then the Magic ended up coming back. So I was like, fuck, did I just jinx them? Um but, you know, luckily they, I think they won by seven, but um, man, like it's, it's been cool. The Knicks, I mean, you know, there's no star talent really. I mean, it's just nice to watch RJ kind of come into his own. And then, you know, IQ has looked really good so far. Julius Randall, I'm still in a love hate relationship with. And uh, I mean, everyone shits on Alfred Payton, but like me and my dad were watching today and he's just, he's just inconsistent, but I don't think he's such a bad player, but uh, no. You can't shoot when you have those passes. None of them can shoot. <laughs> That's true. None of them can shoot. Yeah, Other than Alec Burks, like the first couple of games, like he was great. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's down with an injury and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's been a pleasant surprise, right? Yeah. I mean, I think RJ has been like the best shooter so far. and He's like known to not have a jump shot. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. And I had, when I had hubs on here from Barstool, he was telling me, he's like, RJ is like naturally a righty. I didn't even know that he's naturally a righty, but he shoots lefty for some reason. And you could tell, I mean, based on his jump shot, it kind of looks like he should be shooting with the other hand. But the way I saw it was early in the year. It was like, okay, we're not expecting this. No one's expecting them to be this good. Anything we could get now is an added bonus. Like we're playing, you know, I, I want them to be fun. And of course, like you said, the garden would be lit. Anyone would give anything, but then you have games like today, They've kind of played to their competition. They crushed the Bucks. They crushed the Celtics. And Mike and Clyde were talking about this today. Mm-hmm. And then you see them against Cleveland. And today they just play down to their competition. Where like all of a sudden, what's going on here? They play like shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think a lot of that is just their shooting. But like their defense has been pretty consistent. But no, like I mean, they definitely do play up to their level and then down to their level as well. But um, I mean, yeah, I'm just happy that they're like 
there's at least some hope to watch the Knicks again, you know? Exactly. And I don't know how you feel about this because no one can really comment on the Obi Toppin pick yet because it's been so short. He hasn't played. He's barely played. But um, I would have. I wanted Tyrese Halliburton in that spot, and he's looked really good. And the Knicks desperately could use a guard who can shoot, and that would have been a great pick at that spot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I was kind of hoping for Denny, but uh, just, to, just oh yeah, just, just the Jewish ties. But exactly, um, he's also a sick player, I think. But Denny would have been really cool and. Um, you know, obviously you can't, like you just said, you can't really tell what the top and pick, but, um, I think there's, there's some hope for him. Um, I mean, he looked good in in the first like two games. I think he played before he got hurt. Um, but he just, he like me, he actually kind of reminds me of Amari a little bit, just the way he plays. Yeah. Especially with that number one, you mentioned Alfred Payton. Hmm. I think right now Knicks fans shit on him, but you got to build up his stock Knicks fans we got to stop talking about Alfred Payton on Twitter and stuff we got to build up his stock because he's the trading piece everyone talks about Julius Randle Julius Randle looks like he could be a real player I mean he's still young maybe he's a piece going forward Alfred Payton I don't see a value in a guard who can't shoot and is so inconsistent the way he is I mean they just leave him wide open in the corner they play zone defenses against the Knicks all day but don't tell anyone else that let's build up his value let's trade him let's get something for him well, that's the thing about being a New York sports fan. We love to hate our players. <laughs> exactly. Like Rick, Rick Nash scores 40 goals in a season and has like two in the playoffs. All of a sudden, everyone's like, Rick Nash, Rick Nash fucking sucks. Yeah, well, he can't yeah. play in the playoffs, dude. <laughs> forgot, that's exactly my point. New Yorkers love to just shit on the fucking players. I mean, you know, you love them when they're good. You hate them when they're bad. But it's just, it's just how New York fans operate. Yeah, I get that. The other New York team, they're not even a New York team, but the Nets – um, they have a crazy situation going on. I go back and forth with my dad because he's like, it's all entertainment. And even before, you know, James Harden was traded, we were talking about Kyrie. We've got, we've met Kyrie and spent some time with him and we see what's going on with James Harden. We're just talking about, he's like, listen, these guys are just entertainers. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. And, but the way I see it, I think it's bad for the sport. I think there's loyalty. There's things that you want the fans to feel a connection to a player and kind of just abandoning your contract and going off and not playing or saying, okay, you guys traded for Chris Paul for me. You guys traded for uh, Russell Westbrook when I wanted him or Dwight Howard when I wanted him. And now I'm just, you know, I did everything I could. Now I got to go. You got to trade me. That doesn't sit right with me. Where do you fall on that? I mean, I don't know. I'm a huge NBA guy. I love the NBA. And I do think that all this drama just definitely like adds to the, the spectacle that the league is. Like you said, they are entertainers at the same time. Like, I wish the NHL had more drama, you know, like I, I don't wish that they like wouldn't play just for drama, but I wish that like there were more storylines. I mean, who is, what, what was it? Pierre-Luc Dubois had like a trade rumor two weeks ago for Columbus and that rumor lasted for an hour and then he signed a two-year extension with Columbus. Exactly. Like, yeah, that was so fun on Twitter for an hour and then, you know, that story's dead and there's nothing to talk about. So like I'm all for the drama in a sense, but one like, you know, a guy like James Harden wants to join up with KD and Kyrie, then it's just like, fuck you, man. Like that's, sorry if I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs. I think I'm like five. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I try to control it, but you know, I like to let it loose every now and then. Yeah, but, let uh, it loose, go for it. Yeah, no, I mean, the NBA thing, like people shit on LeBron and LeBron ruined the league when he joined D-Wade and Chris No, Bond. but that's different. He was a free agent. He had the right I to agree. go wherever he wants. I agree. He's not asking for a trade. And yeah. if you're going to recruit your buddies, by all means that they're free agents do Go it. For it. Like, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like if you're asking for a trade though, like that's a t- completely different story. And, and like, I guess Russ, whatever happened with Harden and Russ, it seemed to have been solved. And like you bring in John wall. Now John wall is probably super excited to get the hell out of Washington. He comes in and then all of a sudden it's a dumpster fire. You know? Right. 
Right. And everyone's and even Daryl Morey, the GM, who was the guy who brought James Harden and built the team around him constantly, you know, revised the team to make it work for James Harden to get the most out of James Harden. There were rumors saying they didn't want him in Philly, meaning they were willing to give up X amount, but they weren't going willing to go to the next level that Brooklyn ultimately went to to get James Harden. And this is a guy who has a close personal relationship with Harden. He knows him better than anyone. Hmm. If that's not telling what is right. Yeah. And then again, dude, like sports fans are so dumb. Like I, I love the freezing cold takes uh, Twitter account. The guy that, oh, like the best. The yeah. best. Oh, so that guy's awesome. I don't even know what his name is, but I would love to talk to that guy. But I saw like he retweeted James Harden saying like, I'm a rocket for life. I'm not going anywhere. And like fans are like saying that he betrayed them or whatever. Like when you look at someone's tweet from seven years ago, you really think they might not change their mind. Like the same should happen with the Islander fans and John Tavares. Like obviously exactly. Tavares, when he's on the Islanders is going to say, yeah, I'm not going anywhere because he doesn't want to have the attention be on him. But when he's a free agent. Yeah, of course he's going to look for other options. Like, well, he's he- going to go to where he grew up. I mean, he was yeah. grew up a Maple Leafs fan. That's that makes sense. Right. Exactly. Islander fans are so dumb for like thinking that he was going to stay. The one thing I would want to see now with the Nets, I would love to see them trade Kyrie for Russell Westbrook. I saw this. It wasn't, it was just a random idea that somebody, some random account put on Twitter also. Cause again, fans have the best imaginations. If they got those three back together, then I'd be all in. But right yeah. now Kyrie being out of the picture and coming back when he wants to, I, I don't, that doesn't sit right with me. I think they'll win. I think they're too talented not to win. And I want them to royally fail just so that we don't see something like this again, but I think they will win right i mean i i don't know i don't think we've seen ever before like three guys that talented ever together i mean like you can say the warriors with kd like might have not worked but the way that curry and clay played didn't like ruin chemistry i think but with this like harden always has the ball yep Kyrie, the same thing take the last shot yeah like i i wouldn't say that they will fail but i mean i i do think that anyone who's not a nets fan is definitely hoping for them to fail yeah and Kyrie left lebron james the only guy ever to leave lebron to be the alpha dog you know he left he's like i'm the alpha now and then after you know a year or two in boston he was like okay you know what i can't do this anymore or no now i want to be the alpha but i want to be with kd but then they bring james harden in if i'm Kyrie, i gotta be like I got to get back to this team just so I could get my role back on this team. Cause they looked great the other night without him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think uh, a friend of mine, Jake Asman, who was who someone I want to put you in touch with. Uh, he tweeted, I heard the NBA or Kyrie is trying to make the NBA come up with a new rule to play with three balls. So Harden, KD and Kyrie can all control the game. <laughs> That's uh, great. That's pretty funny. Yeah. He's, he's pretty funny with that stuff. Yeah. So there's all that. My father's just like, Oh, it's entertainment. I mean, this guy's the coolest guy. He thinks the world's flat. You know what I mean? And he was the nicest guy. That was the part that really was interesting to us. We met with him. We sat with him at the garden for a while after one of the games, his whole family's from New York. And we sat there and he's just like the nicest dude, like just the coolest guy. And we were like, okay, I don't know what's happening with guy with this guy. Anyway, over to your podcast, and then we'll get to more sports a little bit later. You guys don't do only sports. I mean, I want to start with the Knicks just because that was the freshest, but you guys do a whole bunch of different things on your show. It's really fun. The idea is to shed light, I guess, on you know Jewish famous people, and you've gotten incredible, some incredible guests. Just talk about the show, the idea, where it came from, uh, you and Justin and all that. Um, so Justin reached out to me in like Mar- or February and said, yo, we should start a podcast like interviewing Jewish athletes. Cause Justin and I played together in Texas when we were like 19, 20 playing junior hockey before college. And we were the only two Jewish kids on the team. And like the whole town, like kind of embraced it. Like they loved like 
what's up my little Jewish boy, like in a Texas thing. And we were like, wow, like there's literally like so little Jewish athletes that like get to be different in a sense, like in the Jewish community, everyone's the same. Like everyone has so like so much of the same background and just such an easy connection to make. But when you step outside of that and you go to like the hockey rink, you kind of realize just like how much of an outsider you kind of are to just like the real world. Cause the Jewish community is so tight. And we yeah. felt the same way about the hockey community. We were like, why not just combine the sports community with the Jewish community and like, you know, have a, a Jewish sports show. But then we also came to the conclusion, Hey, like we really only know like eight other legit Jewish athletes like this podcast. <laughs> exactly. So then we kind of just like said, let's just do influential Jewish people in general. And we can get, you know, whoever, you know, and, and it'd be cool. Like, I don't want to only talk sports to people. Like it'd be cool to have like a dating expert or a broadcaster, an agent, a singer, um, a doctor, a pharmacist, like all these different things. And the beauty that it's been like the best part about it for me, that's come from this is just being able to connect all these people. Like, you know, we had a kid DM us on Twitter two days ago. Hey, I'm an aspiring, you know, sports journalism major at South Carolina. And I saw you had Eric Engels and Sarah Sivion, two hockey writers. Can you connect me with them? So I was like, yeah, of course, more than happy to. So and that's them. exactly what I did. I mean, I DM yeah. you on Instagram and yeah, here we are. Exactly. Like, and like the thing about, about like Jewish people is we love helping each other. Like, you know, like, like Jews helping Jews is like a thing that we say. It's like exactly. So, uh, you know, like it, it's just cool to like form relationships with these people that I've looked up to. And now like I literally have them like in my phone and I can just like send them a text or whatever, you know, like it's, it's, it's so cool. So how did you build that up? How did you get those relationships with those people? What was that process like? Um, and I'm assuming it's continuing, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think everything happens for a reason. Like when we did start it, the pandemic wasn't going on. We had three or four interviews done in February and then we were going to post them once our college seasons were over because we just didn't want to like, you know, post while we're playing a college sport because just, God forbid, something's taken the wrong way. Um, so then the pandemic started and we posted- You like, guys should send notes to Trevor Bauer on that, by the way, a baseball pitcher. Baseball pitcher? I've, I've heard yeah. of his name. Do the Mets, the Yankees want him or something? The Mets want him, but he's a free agent now and he's just constantly posting about his free agency and he's sending to all the teams like, here are my demands for, I need to have X amount of my own camera people in, in the locker room at all times so that I could create content or whatever. It's just distasteful. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. That's, I, I've heard things about him just because our producer Max loves baseball, but okay. yeah, no, he's a, uh, fuck that guy. But, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So we, we kind of just got lucky with the timing because when we started it, nobody was doing anything because the pandemic had just started. So, and, and like, for me personally, I, I would send like a hundred DMs a week, like, Hey, starting the show, will you come on? And we get like three or four responses, but that's three or four guests. And then, you know, I think it was like our fourth or fifth episode. We had Colby Cohen on and Colby was like, wow, what you guys are doing is great. Like, I think Kenny Albert would be a great guest, guest for you. Let me connect you with Kenny. So it's kind of just like, it's been like word of mouth in a sense where like, it's, it's kind of a podcast that not necessarily no one's done before, but it's like a small little niche that like, you know, someone like Adam Schefter, who talks about football 24 seven every day, came on our podcast and was talking about like his time at sleepaway camp, which no one ever probably asked him about. And, and like, he loved talking about it, you know, so that's like, um, just a cool little thing that we were able to like, bring out the little Jewish boy and these big time people, you know, right. So you're name dropping left and right. Speaking of names, the name of the podcast, the locker room who came up with that, it is fantastic. I mean, I saw it, I was like, okay, that's unbelievable. I wish I came up with that myself. How'd that happen? 
It was actually my brother-in-law. I got to give him a lot of credit. Anytime I need like a clever- So now we know this is a Jewish podcast. Now that you're bringing up brother-in-laws and stuff, we're getting the yes. whole extended family. Exactly. Exactly. But it was my brother-in-law, Josh Don. I'll give him the name credit. I'll drop his name. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he, anytime I need like, or have an idea about like a name play on word kind of thing, like he's definitely the guy to go to. Um, our original name actually that me and Justin came up with was matzo ballers, which was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe i'll use that for something i don't know I'll try yeah, yeah feel free <laughs> I, I hated it so um but yeah no locker room just seemed like the perfect thing because it's like a jewish locker room talk kind of podcast exactly i thought like locker room talk was great with everything going on in like the world that was funny and then i looked back i was like oh no it's just the locker room that keeps it more pc i guess so uh, yeah. at least for the title until you start listening so of all the names that you guys have had on, who's the biggest name you've had? Who's someone you're looking forward to having or trying to get now? That would be a big name. Biggest name we've had. Man, that's tough. You I mean, can just go with the for? best interview, you know, the best interview you had. Maybe it was someone that you didn't expect to be a big, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy was great. Okay, so my personal favorite so far, I mean, I don't know. I have so many favorites for different reasons, but the one that like really stuck out to me just because I knew nothing about him going into it was Ariel Hawani, the ESPN UFC analyst or broadcaster. Um, like I don't follow the UFC at all. And I just kind of like in the interview, I was very straight up about Same. it. I was like, Hey, I don't know fuck about the UFC, but like, I, I love what you do. And I've watched your interviews, obviously leading up to this. And you're just a super fun guy that like talks to McGregor and Khabib and you like make them joke, make them laugh. Like that's what sports needs. You know, not every interview should be super serious. Like in hockey when it's like, right, exactly. Yeah. Every hockey player is so boring in interviews just because they're super serious. I think, but also they've had a microphone shoved in their face. Hockey players, especially when they're three years old, they're on the ice. You know what I mean? I mean, you probably know that better than anyone. And it's, Every day you're, you're getting a, a microphone shoved in your face. I interviewed a minor league baseball player a couple of weeks ago. And it was the same type of thing where, you know, the answers start, I, we were talking about this, the answers start to get just repetitive because you're asked so many of the same questions. Yeah. I think hockey does need to add a little spice to it, but go ahead. What were you saying? No, I, like exactly what you're just saying. Like, um, especially with hockey players, like these guys have so much personality, but just don't show it. And like every interview is just the same thing. Um, I kind of, I kind of lost my thought here, but, um, so someone you had on, yeah. When we had on, yeah. Ariel Hawani, he was, he yeah. was awesome. And then like, like you said, like even the ones that might not be such a big name, like what you wouldn't consider a big name, those are also so fun. But the thing about a podcast is like, when you have a big name, you have certain expectations for how it's going to go. And sometimes it disappoints, but then there's other times where you just don't have expectations. And like, those are the best ones because you're just shooting the shit. Right, exactly. So that's what my father told me when I had a couple people on that he was like, okay, you got starstruck, you watch them, you talk to them. These are people that you've been watching for a while. He's like, and you just sounded stiff. You're asking a lot of questions. And one of the things that I try to do with my podcast is I try to talk about what I've done on a past episode and what I'm trying to do on the next episode. I think it's so cool to talk about that because when you have podcasts that everyone listens to, when people listen to Bill Simmons, he's not going to talk about that. He's been doing this for 20 years and he's huge. But if someone's building up, if I start talking about it now, And if I get to where I want to go with it, then I think people can listen along the way and hear that entire journey. That would be kind of cool um, for someone just leave a a blueprint for the next guy. Um, So one of the things that I was talking about, I was like, okay, so I need to just have it less scripted kind of so that in my mind, I'm not as focused on what's going to happen in this interview and just let it happen. And I think that's, what's been fun about my podcast is I've let it kind of been, I'll take, I'll write some footnotes and then just kind of talk, like you said. 
No, I think that's something that we struggled with in the beginning. Like we were writing in 10 and 12 questions and like we'd freak out if we didn't get the question asked because like we thought that's what people would be interested in, but that's not really- But they don't know your questions, right? They don't have the list in front of them. They're like, oh, they missed that one. Like they don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that you've learned it so early on. Like it took us 30 plus episodes to just be like, all right, let's just write down five topics and see where it goes. Right. So I, I basically the way I started was I started by just, I love talking sports. I, you could put a sports topic in front of me and I'll talk sports for hours. And I'm like that about a lot of things and people just oftentimes want me to shut up. So I was like, okay, I'll start a podcast and I get to talk to myself for an hour every day or whatever it is, whatever I decide to do twice a week. So that's really fun. Um, and that's kind of how it went. I was like, okay, if I'm scripting it, then I, I'm not doing what I love anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to have my dad who listens to every episode and he listens to a lot of other podcasts. And he was like, okay, here's, you know, here's what it sounds like versus at the beginning. He said, the, when you first started, it kind of just sounded like you sending me voice messages, like, Hey, listen to this. And then now it sounds a little bit scripted. He's like, okay, you got to transition into something else. Right back to Laz in a second. First, a word from Anchor. Have you guys been in touch with Amari? Uh, we've tried and we had, we've had had connection to him, but he's been so busy, I guess, with he's in like grad school with Miami yeah. and also coaching the Nets now that, um, you know, I guess it's not the right time. But we have been told once things slow down for him, he'll come on. But, you know, we'll see. So you guys had a contact you reached out to. It's actually funny. My, my dad has a podcast called Doff Splaining. It's, he, he gives a Doff Yomi share, which is the daily Talmud page. Um, What's that? So- I don't know what that is. Okay, so every day, I guess the Jews, they all have one day, they're all on the same page, right? Where they learn in, in the Talmud. Um, and across the world, it's a worldwide thing. You know, they had like the, they made like the big party at MetLife Stadium when they finish it. I don't know if you're aware last year. Um, it takes like once every seven years to finish it. And oh, wow. the whole, you know, Orthodox Jewish community, they try and learn the same page every day. They try and study that same page. So my dad has a podcast called Doff Splaining, where he mansplains that day's page to everyone. He just breaks it down real simple. Um, so I actually sent it to Amari and he's like, oh, I'm going to check it out. I'll listen to it. I got a response from him. But then when I asked him about the po- about my podcast, he no response. So and someday, someday, you got to yeah. just build up, you know, just drop my name and he'll come on. You know? Right, exactly. Once <laughs> I drop your name, he's going to be like, oh, you didn't tell me. He's like, you got Laz. Okay, let's do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. Um, well, that was another thing about Ariel Hawani when he when he finished with us. He was like, "I know I've been begging you guys to come on for a while. Thank you so much for taking the time to have me on." Like it was just so funny how he said that because like, right. it was awesome. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that person to be like, "Oh, I've been waiting to come on for a while." So what? Like you said, one day I've been doing this for two months now, so I'm trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your? You talked a little bit in your first episode about growing up in the Jewish community, and you talked about how it's such a close community what were your experiences with Judaism growing up? Um, I was definitely, I was like a, not a piece of shit kid, but I was definitely a wise ass. So like, I hated going to Hebrew school and my dad would like, you know, get a principal call like probably once a month that I was just like misbehaving or whatever I had. It was my favorite Hebrew school, Hebrew school story. You know, like remember the Heelys, the shoes, with the wheels on them. Yep. So I would like fly through the halls on my Heelys because I thought I was a hot shot that I played hockey and I had shoes with wheels in them. Exactly. And uh, the principal, I like flew by her one day, I guess. And the principal, like, called my dad, like, tell me, can't wear these shoes anymore, blah, blah, blah. So my dad walks into the Hebrew school and two kids fly by him on Heelys. And then he yells, like, what the fuck are you saying about my kid for? Like, there's other people doing it, you know, um, stuff like that. But then uh, he's a good Jewish dad. 
he is a good Jewish dad. <laughs> he had my back. But Judaism for me, it was my family. Like we, you know, we weren't very religious. My mom tried to make us like go to temple and all that stuff, but we just like we weren't really having it. Um, but we're more like spiritual kind of like we 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 are very proud Jews. We just don't like practice the religion, I guess. But um, for me, like I got more in touch with Judaism. I guess more appreciative of it as I got older, just because. You know, I never had interest to go to Israel when I was a kid. Um, I don't know why. I just didn't like what I imagined it looking like is nothing compared to what it actually looks like. I, I just thought it was like literally desert dunes, like no city, nothing. And then obviously, as I learned more, I got older. I was like, wow, Israel is fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just I don't really know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a proud Jew. I'm not a practicing Jew. And um, I guess I mean, I guess that's really it. And you did end up going to Israel, I guess. Yeah, I've been there twice. I went to the Maccabee Games in 2017, which was a great trip. And then I went back on Birthright uh, summer 19, I think, or 18. Right. So you went, which Maccabee Games? The basketball or hockey? No, I did hockey. Wow, you oh, think they I'm have a, a, you know, a good basketball player? No, I'm not a basketball player at all. <laughs> but no, I'm the furthest thing from it. I mean, like Saturday nights at the YMCA or whatever. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Those it kind of look like the Knicks game today. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it, I just have been to basketball games there. Basically, the way it works is when you show up and you speak English at these basketball games. A lot of these guys are American guys who just went overseas to play, and somehow they made their way to Israel. They don't know much about Judaism or any of that, and I would show up at the arena and me and my friends would stick around after games. And we became like best friends with some of these players because they just hear someone speaking English. And it was, a, we had a great time until we got literally thrown out of the arena because security was not having us just hanging out with the players on the court, like every night after every game. But that was a fun stretch. We had like a solid couple months where we would go to every game and just hang out with these guys. And it was just a fun experience, just a different experience to see people doing that. But what I was saying was sporting events in Israel are nuts. They're off the charts. Those people are crazy. So sick. Yeah. Um, So what would you say your goal is with this podcast? You know, where would you guys want to go? I mean, like at the start, if you asked us, you know, I don't think we ever could have really told you that we would have made 50 plus episodes. Like we didn't know what our capability was to get guests, you know, like, I mean, not that we're like nobodies, but we were just like, okay, none of us have like, a huge media platform like how the fuck are we going to get a big time guest and then just literally the power of instagram dming and like the power of networking just goes such a long way like if you if you want to get a big guest like what i was doing was just like let's say like let's use jared freed as an example he was like the first like huge name that we kind of got um no disrespect to noah rubin chelsea goldberg and max calter they were just kind of like friends um but jared like i went to his page i was like okay who knows jared freed that i can contact to get in touch with him and then turned out a friend of a friend, whatever. And I DM Jared dropping that name and he came on. Um, but, you know, I think our goal now is like, we obviously want to continue to grow and just, you know, be a podcast that like the Jewish community would love to listen to. Just not like, we're not like spitting facts on anybody or like trying to, you know, tell people news. We're not a news breaking podcast. It's just like Jewish guy. Like what, like imagine like going to, going on a birthright trip and going to a bar. Like, what would you talk about? That kind of shit. That, it's awesome. And I think the entire Jewish community, both Orthodox and non-Orthodox would love to hear it. Um, I don't know how many people you've reached so far. I know that I heard of you guys, you know, through looking, just looking around on Instagram, I was looking what's there and you guys were suggested for me. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I binged a couple episodes, like I said, and it was just awesome stuff. And I was like, oh, 
all my friends would like to hear. So I've been like taking like screen recordings of some episodes and like sending them to all my friends. Like this stuff's hilarious. Like just the show open when you guys came on the first episode and you're like, Shabbat Shalom, y'all. What's up? Like, this is us, you know, like it was just a great vibe. And like you said, it's when you go on these trips and you have these mutual connections, no matter where you are in the world, you're like you're Jewish, you're Jewish. And you just become like your brothers right away. It's awesome. And it's a great thing. And there are so many names out there that had these experiences and now are in big places, but they can all revert back to that time when they were, like you said, Adam Schefter and sleepaway camp, like something like that. It's just awesome. So I think what you're doing, you guys are doing is super fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, you guys did have Jake Miller on. Is Jake Miller Jewish? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a hilarious Jake Miller story. I hope no one hears this, but I mean, you hope, hope no one hears this. I mean, you? I hope everyone hears yeah. this, but, but the person that I, was with at this that you'll hear in a second hopefully it doesn't get back to her but it was this girl's birthday party and we all just got dragged to this jake miller concert mm-hmm. and i didn't know who jake miller was and the other guy was hoodie allen oh like, yeah hoodie's a like, jew too oh really yeah i was like i was like woody allen i had no idea i didn't know hoodie allen like i was like i have no idea we showed up and i was just like okay i don't know what this concert is but i'm going to i i just got shit faced and that was my experience at the concert so that's who i how i knew who jake miller was and he name dropped like his favorite artist is uh is john mayer and i was like that doesn't sound that your music doesn't reflect it but uh, all right if you say so yeah. well i mean like I, I don't think he necessarily wants to sound like john mayer but it's it's kind of like a different motivation you know like I, i'm a huge john mayer fan too i love john mayer but i would never like want to sing that style of music you know? yeah i guess so I, john mayer got me through quarantine um, when he did the current mood every Sunday night, I mean, that got me from week to week, literally, I was going out of my mind. And every Sunday, I would sit down for like an hour when he would just sit there and do the, you know, he did the current mood on Instagram live. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. Like I and I was lucky enough, I saw him at the garden last, uh, I guess, now it's like a year and a half ago, um, summer 2019. And just got to see him there. And some of the stuff like when he the way he connects with the crowd and the way he's so involved in his songs. And, and the song that Jake was talking about, he had on his wrist, he has Stop This Train. Like he says, if you ask John Mayer, what's a John Mayer song? If, what's the first song that comes to mind? He says, Stop This Train. Like that's his song. Like those are the type of music. Um, he did um, Age of Worry mm-hmm. and he did it with like a prelude at the garden. And it was just unbelievable. Like, so that was one of the best experiences of my yeah. life. So hearing you guys talk about John Mayer, I was like, yeah, that's that's my freaking guy right there. The other thing you guys talk about is the Rangers. And you talk about hockey, you talk about them kind of making stuff more excited. Tony D'Angelo also has a podcast. I don't know if you listen to that at all. Um, but the Rangers actually look like they could be really good. If they weren't stuck in this division, I would say they'd be really good this year. But they got another game tomorrow night. They look solid game two, terrible game one. What are your expectations and hopes for the Rangers this year? um expectations and hopes i think are different expectations is probably going to be just like similar to last year like you know barely squeaking the playoffs um but hopes i mean just like you said just because they got the shit under the stick with their division um but hopes obviously are you know at least win a playoff round um that'd be super exciting but i don't know i mean this like the thing about young hockey players is there are so many nerves like it, it is insane and then and you saw it with Keandre Miller the other night. I mean, he that first period of the first game just looked horrendous. Every time he touched the puck, he was looking down. His head wasn't up. He held on to the puck for too long. It was yeah, just, but he'll learn. He'll learn. Yeah. And and not everyone can have 
the Austin Matthews NHL debut, you know, like that's unheard of, but um, yeah, man, like these guys are, you know, Kendra Miller is what, like 20 years old. Like, exactly. Young yeah. kid, like he'll learn. And, and that's the thing like New York Rangers sports fans, Kendra Miller sucks. What a bust. You know, first <laughs> you know. game. Yeah, at first game, they didn't wait till the end of the first period. The first shift yeah. they were, they were shitting on him. Yeah. Just, I, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. Cause like, I feel I saw some tweets of me when I played in college, like Lazarus, whatever, got a great game tonight or something like just from a UMass like random account. And like to think that these guys get that on a, you know, a thousand times yeah. more, whatever you want to say is like insane. Like there's no escaping the, uh, the hate. Right. And how do you just look at your mentions on Twitter? Like I look at my mentions now on Twitter and I'm like, I wish I had a thousand times what I have right now, but they probably look at their mentions on Twitter and wish they had what I have. You know yeah. what I mean? You're fucking alone, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but listen, it, it, you guys have the picture, the Adam Fox jersey in your, like in your logo, right. In your mm-hmm. cover art. So are you guys big Adam Fox fans? Is he Jewish? Yeah. He's well, me and Adam like kind of grew up together. So oh, uh, really? Yeah, so he's just like a really close friend of ours. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Justin knows him also just through playing on uh, in New York. But Have you guys had him on? Yeah, we had Adam on um, episode like 25, maybe. Oh, I got to go. I got to go listen to that one. Around there. Yeah, Adam's just always been a good friend. And he, uh, he he's never really been a big media guy. But then I guess D'Angelo had him on. And then Adam like texted me like, all right, I guess I got to do yours. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's just, he's the best guy, man. Adam, Adam hasn't changed like at all throughout the years. Like obviously he's gotten more mature, but his like mindset and like all that stuff. And just even the way he plays the game, like he, he's always been the smartest guy on the ice at any level. He's fantastic. Yeah. I went to maybe 10, 12 Ranger games last year. He is by far the smartest player on the ice. I, I I'm, I'm being a hundred percent serious. Like watching yeah. him play. It's unbelievable. Well, he's so underappreciated because he's not like flashy or anything, but no. he just everything that he does is just like two steps ahead of, of the game. Exactly. He has plays where he'll he'll creep up, you know, like the play the other night that he got the puck to Panarin on the rebound. Why was he in that spot? He he came up from the point because he saw that play developing just two seconds before it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And it helps him. He has so many great keep-ins, you know, when they're in the offensive zone. How many times per game does he like keep the puck in the offensive zone when it's about to go out and make a play out of it? Um, or in the neutral zone or blocking a pass or anything like that. He's just all, I think they should wait and give him the seat because <laughs> I think he will be the leader of this team. He's that good. They were talking about that in the broadcast the other night. I forgot who, I forgot who said it, but they said like, I won't be surprised if Fox is like one of the captains one day. He's got to be. I mean, the other option I would say is Kreider. I like Kreider over Zibanejad because he's just been there longer. And Kreider, when he looks good, there's no one more fun to watch. Just the speed and power that he plays with. When he looks bad, like he's looked so far the first two games of the season, it's hard to watch because he's a guy who's so likable. So it's kind of tough when he's struggling. Mika, you always see the talent. Even if he's not playing great, you see the speed. You see He's just different. And you see it a little bit with Lafreniere so far in the first couple of games. Hasn't you know, showed results of it yet, but he looks good on the ice. Um, but now I know who to name drop when I want to have Adam Fox on the podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So tomorrow night they play against New Jersey. It'll be the first game against New Jersey. New Jersey looked solid, I guess, in two games. They went to OT both games against Washington. So that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else who should we be looking at again you have you're the hockey uh expert on here so just i wait the whole year i love hockey i love what it's my favorite sport to watch in person 
um, I got into it's an interesting story. I got into hockey because my my dad's not into hockey. He's from Long Island also. Mm-hmm. Um, so he grew up. The Islanders were incredible. Uh, they went to four straight Stanley Cups or whatever. And so he was a big hockey fan. But then he, it kind of faded. And I got all my sports from him. And he wasn't a hockey fan when I grew up. So my grandfather was a big he's from uh, like he was from the D.C. area. And he was a big Caps fan. So I was like, okay, if you're a Caps fan, I go for the Knicks. They play at the Garden. I'll be a Rangers fan. That's how I became a Rangers fan. Um, but you're, I wait all year for hockey to show up. But you're the actual, you actually know hockey probably better than I do. So who do you see on this team? Again, like you said, their average age is like 25 years old. Who do you think can separate themselves this season? I mean, like, I, first of all, I wouldn't call me a hockey expert, um, but I appreciate you saying that. Well, between you and me, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're the I, expert. no, you never know that dude, there's a lot of people that haven't played the game that do know a lot of things about hockey. But then again, I think you have to play at a certain level of competition to understand, like just the little things that go into a shift. Like, you know, my, my dad, my dad used to like critique me playing Xbox, like NHL. Like, why don't you pass to that guy? I was like, what? But um, there's just like little plays and little things. That's that, like, the hardest sports game. The hardest sports video oh, game yeah. is the NHL game. It's I think it's so hard to play. Why? What were you going to say? As far as Xbox games? Yeah. I'm saying sports Xbox games. I don't know, maybe FIFA, but I guess, I guess NHL makes sense. Um, but yeah, uh, wait, back to what I was, back to what I was saying. Um, like for me, I, I think the eyes have to be on Kako this season. Um, I, I just, good two only, nights ago. Only because yeah, no, he's, he's looked great so far only because we pretty much know everything about there is to know about Strom, Buchnevich, Panarin, Zibanejad, like they've kind of, proven it and shown it but a guy that like you know granted it's his second year in the league but when you're a number two overall pick you know i heard a stat on the rangers radio the other night that capo caco spent nine minutes inside the circles in the offensive zone like basically saying that he played in the perimeter the entire season whereas sebastian aho on the hurricanes had the same amount of time that caco did in that area in 19 games caco did it you know right. the whole season so I think for him just to be like a little angry and from the net in the offensive zone and just to grind a little more, you know, that's something maybe, but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of high expectations for him and he's definitely the guy to watch this season. All right. I'll keep that in mind. I still think Tony D'Angelo has something to prove. First game was very poor. The team looked really good with him. Not on the ice. Brendan Smith actually made a couple of great plays. I hate when they put Brendan Smith in, you know, in the offense, when they make him one of the forwards, I think he is actually valuable as a defenseman and he's, not valuable as an offensive player or at least when he's a winger um so i don't know what they do with they just gave d'angelo another contract what do they do with him i think you just gotta let it ride like we said it's only been two games you know i mean he he has some offensive ability i mean his defense like sure it might be suspect but you know i don't see the harm in keeping him in the lineup i think he is a good power play guy on the first power play unit though i'm ready to see fox there full time same completely could not agree more like adam adam has always been a power play quarterback like that's just you know that was his best probably quality as a hockey player was the way he sees the ice on on the power play um and and i'd be so happy if he was the number one guy so um you know i'm all for that yeah okay so we'll see what happens with that i think more than the knicks although knicks games get really loud I think hockey has missed the fans more than any other sport watching, just watching from home. I mean, the last hockey game I was at was at the Coliseum, the 
Zibanejad overtime goal off that crazy pass from from Panarin. I was sitting right behind the penalty box. The hit that Truba had on Pajot or on someone else, and then he fought with Pajot was right in front of me. I got to see that. And then, you know, that play in overtime, well, first the Islanders score with like a second left in the game. It's like typical Rangers. This is what always happens to us, right? One second left, we give up the game tying goal. I mean, that we've seen that countless times. And the way that crowd erupted, there was no horn. It was a road game. There was no horn. There was no nothing. But the way the crowd erupted when that goal went in for Zivanejad, hockey misses it more than any other sport. And I think the Garden would be so wild right now. No, I agree. I, I actually, hockey is my favorite sport to watch. And it's probably the sport I've been watching the least just because it, I think it is a major yeah. game. Um, you know, basketball and football, like I've always loved watching those from the couch anyway. Right. Uh, basketball, basketball is great though with fans just because, I love seeing like Mello hit a three and then high five with the guy. Yeah. yeah I love that shit. Like I, I'm a cute Mello guy. Um, like how can you not be if you're born like past 1995 and you never really saw them be great other than the mellow years and the 54 win season and the brief Jeremy Linston. Yeah. That Mello's your guy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think hockey misses fans the most definitely as far as the TV aspect goes. Okay. Okay. Two things that I think hockey also, is missing this year one is doc emmerich doc emmerich i think i'm a huge broadcasting guy so when i watch the game at home like i said i think hockey's the best place you know if you're going to watch a game in person hockey's the best of all the four major sports if you want to see a game in person hockey's the best one to go to but when you're watching it at home i would tune in for every nbc game just to hear doc emmerich and he's not there and it's just it kills me i it, i hate it so what's the other thing that hockey's missing the other thing is kind of weird for Ranger fans because it would have been weird to see him in another uniform, but Henrik Lundqvist. I wanted to see him get a cup. I would have loved to have seen him in Colorado because that offense is just so prolific. He signs with Washington, and it looks like, you know what, that that team's also really good. Maybe he can kind of ride them too, and maybe he gets one great season out of him. And I think all Ranger fans would have been rooting for him. And then he has the open-heart surgery. He's obviously going through some health issues, and – you know, I just wish him well. I wish he was playing this year. And I think the Rangers and the Caps are both kind of playing for Henrik now. I think you're a mind reader, dude, because I swear I, I said the same thing last year. I wanted them to trade him to Colorado uh, at the deadline last year. I thought Colorado was like a huge contender. And now, obviously, everyone knows that Vegas has them as the number one favorite. They put up like eight goals the other night casually. Yeah, I bet that, I bet them that night. I was like, they're not losing two in a row to St. Louis. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, yeah, Colorado's offense is fucking elite. Um but yeah, man, Henrik Lundqvist was just like, you know, I know Yankee fans who grew up like Derek Cheater was their guy. Um, Eli, I was an A-Rod guy, but. Eli Manning's just another one, just like these New York sports like figures, you know, and, and Henrik was always mine, you know. So I never like felt like I was like not missing something when Cheater and Eli kind of retired. Like I was a big Giant fan, but not like a diehard. So like I loved Eli, but I didn't like love Eli. But Henrik was like. I don't even know like the Rangers without him. Like I remember like briefly Kevin Weeks being a starter and I think like Dan Blackburn in 2003. Right. Yeah. But since I was eight years old, it's been Henrik. So and it's crazy. Yeah. So for fans like us, it's been, it's been Henrik. That's all it's been. And obviously a gold medalist, but never got that Stanley cup. The closest he came was against the Kings. And obviously that, that series was closer than five games. I tell everyone that I'm like, you can't, you have to know hockey to know that that series was much closer than a five game series. Um, but right now the Rangers do look good, although they have two really good young goalies. I'm not sure if Igor's first, 
11 games were kind of just a little bit of a fluke because nobody's actually that good. Um, he's obviously come down to earth a little bit since then, but I think him and Georgiev, Georgiev starting again tomorrow night, they have some good goaltending going forward. Where do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think in today's NHL era, you need a good one-two punch. You can't have Henrik playing 65 games a year. It's just not, it's just not going to cut it. You need, like, similar to um, – I mean, I guess you have Vasilevsky in Tampa, who's just a fucking beast. But, um, you know, you look at Dallas, who Dobin and Bishop, that, two, that one-two punch that got him to the cup. Um, even in Vegas, you got Leonard and, and Flurry. Everyone needs a, a solid backup. And look at the year that we, you know, we're the president's trophy winners. We had Cam Talbot come in and steal a show. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you need a one two punch. So, you know, I'm happy that we have two young guys that hopefully can be there for a decade. Um, and that's, and that's huge going forward. I think it's hard, it's hard to find like a very, very good goaltender. So, um, you know, I'm happy with the fact that we got two. All right. Thanks for coming on. Um, you got to plug anything you need to plug. Let's keep the Jewish connection going. Um, yeah. I'm going to try and spread it, spread it to my people. Um, yeah, go ahead. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, just definitely plug the locker room. Everyone go follow at the locker room, L-A-T-K. I know a lot of people mess that up that aren't Jewish just because they don't get it. But um, Exactly. Like to yeah. us, it's the funniest thing. But <laughs> yeah. like, that's pretty much all I want to plug, though. I, I appreciate you having me on, Rami. Like, this has been a lot of fun. I love talking sports. And it's not every day that someone asks me to come on their podcast. So uh, it's nice to have like the opposite feel to a, to a podcast. Yeah, well, one day I'll hopefully get to the level where I get to come on your podcast. So. You're the home and home, as we call it. Exactly. All right. I appreciate it. Nice having you on. Good talking. I'll see you. Yeah, great to meet you. Enjoy. Thanks again to Johnny for coming on. We had a great time. Again, go look up the Locker Room Podcast. Find him on all social platforms. By the way, if you're not following me on social media, go follow me. Instagram, Twitter, at Rami Lovey. Rami.Lovey on Instagram. Rami underscore Lovey on Twitter. Later this week, we got football, NFL playoffs. They roll on. The best four teams remaining. I'm going to break it all down. Crazy Sunday. A lot of things we saw. That's all coming up. Until then, here's some Jovi. See ya.
just a mile up the road. Take it in, take it with you when you go. Who says you can't go home? Who says you can't go back? Been all around the world, and as a matter of fact, there's only one place left I wanna go. Who says you can't go Thank you.